This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode 322. Welcome, everyone, to the Concealed Carry Podcast. I am not your host, Riley Bowman. I am your co-host, Jacob Paulson. Today, Riley is not available. He is traveling. He's on vacation, getting some much-deserved family time. And so I am flying uh, without Riley on this one. But I have with me a very special guest. Please welcome Mrs. Beth Alcazar. Well, hello, everybody. I'm super glad to be here and have a chance to talk to all of y'all today. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really excited. And, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about a topic and what we were going to discuss today and who would be a person to really help me through this. Uh, th- this is kind of how this came to, came to be. And you can see the title of the episode. It's all about off-body carry. And it's going to be great. We're going to dive into this. And we're not just going to talk about all the reasons you shouldn't off-body carry, but really the purpose of this episode is to say, if you've chosen to off-body carry, and there are some circumstances where it might just straight up be appropriate, uh, let alone be your, your preference, then what are the considerations, how to do it properly, uh, what should that look like, and we're really going to dive deep. It's going to be super fun, and Beth's going to make sure I don't say anything stupid. It's going to be great, <laughs> or, or she's going to at least call me out. So it's going to be really fun. So before we get too much further, let me quickly just give a shout out to our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by you know, the companies and the products that really make this podcast possible. And uh, as an honorary sponsor, I want to make sure we mention the USCCA because Beth is a USCCA uh, you know, staff member. And so the USCCA, we appreciate them always being so helpful. And uh, they do a lot of things to support our industry. They do a lot of things to support uh, our company. And so we always appreciate them. You can always learn more about the USCC, USCCA and uh, join or you know get enrolled in the class by going to usconcealedcarry.com. That's a pretty good website. It's not as good as concealedcarry.com, but uh, Tim Schmidt, he, he razzes me all the time and I, I do it right back. So you can go to usconcealedcarry.com <laughs> and you can learn more about uh, the content, the magazine, the obviously the membership, uh, the classes, and all those wonderful things that are available to members of the USCCA. And we appreciate uh, what they do in the industry. And we certainly appreciate them uh, making people like Beth and and other people on their team available to us. So that's always really nice. Uh, In addition, one other thing would be uh, this this episode is brought to you by Guardian Nation. So Guardian Nation is uh, the fast growing community of gun owners, self-defense minded gun owners, just like you guys. And uh, you can get started right now with a free 14-day trial, which would be good because later tonight, we're actually doing our monthly live broadcast. Our guest will be Scott Jedlinski, uh, the modern samurai warrior dude. It's going to be awesome. So make sure that you are a member of Guardian Nation so you can tune in tonight to our live broadcast. And if you're a member, you could go back and you could watch the live broadcast we did with Beth, I think, last year sometime. The recording is in the members area. It's awesome. And I'm told by Beth's husband, I do a pretty mean Beth <laughs> impression. So it's worth getting in there. So those are our sponsors. That's what you can, uh, you can, you can thank those guys for making today's episode. Beth, you ready to get into the good stuff? Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Okay, so let's set up the premise here. Uh, you and I were talking before we hit record on this thing, before we went live, because I wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. And you and I are very aligned on this whole off-body carry yeah. thing. So, you know, when I when I teach a class and I'm talking about holsters and concealment, I kind of push up these categories, you know, and, and we talk about, you know, IWB and OWB and ankle and this, that, and the other thing. And inevitably, we always, of course, come to this off-body carry topic. And it, it's it's a hard one for me because I think a lot of people 
who are coming into the concealed carry world, they visualize off-body carry as an, a very legitimate option, something they're thinking about. And then they kind of have to come to my class and hear me kind of say, yeah, you might want to consider something else. Well, and I, you know, I think the off-body carry tends to be a, a almost automatic starting point for a lot of people, especially sure. women. When you think about, yes, we definitely could do on-body carry if we wore the same clothes every day in the same way. It would be very simple. But something that's with us all the time, whether you're a mom, grandma, a student, you're probably going to have a bag of some sort. It's just kind of the way of the female. We have a bag, a handbag, a tote bag, a backpack, something so it seems like a very legitimate and go easy go-to option, especially getting started. Yeah, no, very fair. And, and just so that none of the guys feel alienated, you know, I, I think sometimes we falsely associate the term off-body carry with purses and women. And I don't think that's fair. Uh, I mean, all you got to do is go check the websites for VanQuest or Elite Survival Systems or Vertex or 511. And, you know, the number of bags and satchels and, you know, man packs and whateverness out there, <laughs> backpacks, et cetera, that, that you can buy that are kind of designed to, to help facilitate the carrying of a gun is endless. It's a massive, massive uh, industry. And so it's not just about purses. Oh, absolutely. Um, even the briefcase kinds of totes. And mm -hmm. I've, I've actually got a prop right here in my hand. This right here um, is one of several different kinds of just little book, book kind of things. This one is, you know, like a calendar with a notepad. And of course, it's got that secret compartment in the back. And they yeah. have those for iPad holders. They have those for Bibles. Yeah. So that would be another example of something that can go around with you um, if you're a business person or if you're a church attender, this would look very normal and natural in those settings. Yep. I, I have here my, my EDC. I love using that term like it's cool. <laughs> I have here my EDC backpack and this is a 511. Uh, I think they call it the covert 18 or something the covert and it's just got a pocket here with a nice velcro backing you can put in any sort of velcro holster and boom you can draw from it i, I take this backpack everywhere it usually does not have a gun in it but there are but off-body carry I, uh, I if we were forced to define it beth we, i don't know it's, it's some a method of carrying or having a gun with you that's really not attached to the body it's in something you're carrying with you right yeah, for the most part, for sure. I think we've over the years maybe kind of blurred those lines a little bit and maybe we've created some more hybrid options. And what I mean by that are options that are more attached, such as a crossbody style tote bag, messenger bag, purse, or whatnot, or even something like the Ukuala bag. We've mm -hmm. I've talked about this a lot, but it attaches in a lot of different ways, even around the leg and the waist. So I kind of call it the best of both worlds. Some of those yeah. options are actually on body, off body or off body, on body, depending on yeah. how you look at it. Yeah. If you define it as like in putting it in a container thing, bag thing, then I guess you'd <laughs> call that off body. But if it's like, well, it's not attached yeah. to me, then it's like, well, then I guess technically this is not off body because it's strapped right on. Uh, so that's a good point. Uh, so yeah, depending on how we define it, there's some different options. Those guys have such a great, beautiful booth set up too. I love going to events where those guys have, have their booth because it's just gorgeous. They have all the lights and it's like a wooden fence thing going on. Great bags. Oh yeah. And coming right back from the expo, I mean, we got a chance to see some of the new products that they yeah. had and a lot of the other products just right around the area. There's lots of holsters and lots of bags. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a massive, it's a massive business. So, okay, so that's that's what off body body uh, carry is. No, so now let's get in, let's get into the good stuff. Let's talk about how to off body carry. And I think just to be super duper clear, where me and Beth are on this is uh, off body carry is probably not the most ideal way to carry a gun, uh, but it can be done well and it can be done properly. I, I'm going to tell a quick story. I, I might've told the story before Beth, but I don't know if you've heard it, but it's, it goes along the lines of this. I'm at a party. I'm in a, I'm in the circle of dudes. You know how it, like all social functions, there's a circle of dudes, like the wives are somewhere else and I'm in the oh, circle yeah. of dudes. <laughs> and a, one of the, my friends shows up and he inserts himself into the circle and he, he's really excited. He tells everybody today's his first day carrying a concealed gun. He's just pumped about it. Right. And uh, someone just poo-poos onto the gun he's carrying. Oh, that's a 380 auto, not cool, whatever. And, uh, and I felt really bad for him. And it, it, it's caused me to, to reflect a little bit. And this, this is the truth. If someone came to us and said, listen, I want to carry the gun in the most ideal way. Like, tell me the ideal thing. Well, the answer is like really easy. I'd point at a cop and be like, like that, clearly. Like <laughs> these guys carry a gun every day. So you, you need to get a Glock 17, carry it at three o'clock with three spare mags, taser, mace, uh, handcuffs, a baton, like good to go. Uh, but that's, that's not realistic. So, so when we say that off-body carry is not probably the ideal way to carry a gun, we have to put that in perspective that there's lots of ways that aren't ideal. Um, in fact, right. frankly, concealed carry inherently isn't the most ideal way to carry a gun because we have to clear a garment or get to that gun. So, so you know, I, I also think that ankle holsters aren't the most ideal way to carry a gun, but they're viable for certain people in certain circumstances. Do you think that's fair? I think that's very fair. And ultimately, we have to look at it contextually. We have to think of the environment, the situation, the individual. And I think that's where the answer is just going to be completely different for every person. I mean, honestly, yes, the ideal. I love your description. I mean, if I could wear my competition gear every day, you know, it's outside the waistband with a little drop set right there. It's easy to get to. And I've got all my extra mags. I mean, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But for the concealed carrier, we have a lot of compromise, especially if we're dealing with a colder weather environment or the different layers um, that might be associated with a business suit or whatever the case may be. I think that honestly, if you're asking what's the ideal carry, you're just going to have to answer probably at least 10, 15, 20 more questions before you can actually say this is the ideal for me at this time in this context. I mean, all those mm-hmm. things have to come into play. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, Maybe a bag of some sort would be ideal if it's the middle of winter and you are just head to toe layered and jacket and overcoat on top of that, scarves, whatever else. I mean, how many layers are you going to pick through to actually get to your regular everyday appendix type holster carry? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very fair. So with that, with that in mind, hopefully that'll, that'll stem the hate mail a little bit, but Let's let's get into this. Let's talk about off-body carry and how to do it properly, how to do it right. Now, Beth, here's here's my my sense. Uh, probably the biggest, most common thing I hear people concerned about when we start talking about off-body carry is safety, right? Yeah. Oh, what are we? St- where are we sticking this gun? You know, is the trigger guard protected? Um, is it? You know, is it is it going to be? You know, in a situation, going to go off? So, what as that that being a concern of off body carry? How do we mitigate that? What is what is you know your two cents on? Let's let's solve that problem first. I think both you and I would probably agree that we would likely say never just put a gun in a bag. I mean, I would never feel confident or comfortable saying yeah, just throw it in a bag. That is so so wrong on so many levels. And I think 
if you're looking at some of the news uh, items that have come out in the last several years, when you see gun goes off in bag, yeah, well, that's because, I mean, this happened right here in my neck of the woods, if you will. Um, basically, I, mm, 20 miles away at a Chuck E. Cheese parking lot where, unfortunately, a young man was reaching into a diaper bag. There's mm. a bag for you and uh, discharge the firearm. So never ever put a firearm in a bag and that's it. That is, that is a terrible idea. So yeah. when we're dealing with just first and foremost safety, you've got to make sure it is a dedicated compartment and that it has a holster that meets all the same safety requirements that your holster would meet, whether it was appendix, paddle, or otherwise. It has to cover the trigger and the trigger guard and it can't be too floppy. I mean, we see a lot of, I guess, manufacturers with really good intentions and their products have a holster type, but it reminds me of just that little floppy material stuff that you mm-hmm. get for $8. And I'm not going to mention any names or brands. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's not safe because mm-hmm. a little bit of movement and what could happen to that gun, it could easily wiggle itself out. And there you go. You now have an unsafe scenario. So First and foremost, gun does not just go in bag. Gun goes in a safe compartment in a dedicated, some kind of holster, hopefully something even that has the hard sides, like the Kydex that we're used mm-hmm. to. We love to hear that click sound, don't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that. So, you know, we apply all same safety rules as we do to all other holsters. You know, fully covers the trigger guard uh, such that it can't not discharge when it's in the holster. It has some form of retention so it can't work itself out of the holster. And, you know, it's kind of specific to this context. I like what you said about a dedicated compartment, right? So if I'm putting it in in a bag, there's a, you know, there's nothing else going in that compartment where that gun is. My, My pens or my credit cards or my cell phone or whatever thing is not bounced around with the gun. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, even we have to be careful about the extra magazines. Mm-hmm. Because even if there's a dedicated section of a purse or a bag that is just for that firearm, you you also have to consider, does the magazine go there too? I mean, you don't want that floating around either. And I've actually seen that that could be a potential issue. Um, but again, it's, it's a compromise. It's either, well, maybe you need a, a firearm with a higher capacity magazine, so you don't need to carry that spare mag right there. Or maybe the spare mag has to go somewhere else. You know, all these compromises that have to be made, but um, never compromise safety, I think, is what we're both trying to say. That is, that is not an area where you can just, you know, hey, we'll just ca- kind of go lax. Yeah, I mean, I think of it this way. You know, if you have the, the only, the only uh, it's a hierarchy for me, right? Like the worst case scenario is you don't have a gun with you. Right. right. Like, I, that, that's a problem. And so I look at off-body carry as one more solution to mitigating against the, the worst thing, which would be not having a gun on you, but so very close, like almost just like right there, arguably like they're just equally as bad of not having a gun with you as that gun being with you in a way that's unsafe. So, so having the gun with you and having it with you in a way that is safe, for me, it's like you've just beat 99% of America. Right, like you, you, you have just done yeah. the two boxes that have put you. Your odds now of of, ha- of of surviving a potential incident that would require a gun are so dramatically higher than if you had not done just those two things. Had the you, know, you now have it with you and it's on you in a way that that is safe. Great. Like as far as I'm concerned, you've just done the eighty twenty of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, along those lines too, when we're talking about any kind of bag carry, you and I discussed this earlier as well. There's always this big argument that, well, the bag is going to be stolen. 
Mm, right. Someone is going to take your yep. purse or your book bag or whatever it is, and then they'll have your firearm. Right. Well, I mean, ultimately, that should be something on your mind all the time if you have a bag with you. You know, you've got possibly your life in there. If your phone's in there, your life is in that bag. Yeah. So yeah. You're going to want to keep track of it at all times. But I think there's definitely a higher level of responsibility if there is a firearm in a bag. First and foremost, beyond making sure it's safe and holstered and in that separate compartment, it cannot leave your site. It cannot be set down in a shopping cart while you look at something across the aisle. It cannot be set down on the floor while you're at a restaurant and you're eating and you're distracted. I mean, I don't, I can't tell you how many um, videos I've watched just of petty theft kind of things where people leave their bags by their feet and mm. someone so easily snatches that bag. I mean, yeah. the person doesn't even realize it. So well, it's the, it's the combination of events, right? It's the, yeah, well, I leave yeah. it down there and I'm paying so much attention, but then I get distracted and then I go to the restaurant. You know, it could be any number of things that they just stack yes. such that now it's out of mind, out of sight. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. Well, and with that, there are some things that I recommend, of course, if you are going to carry that bag or that purse or book bag or whatever the case may be, it either stays attached to you. Like if it's a crossbody, it just stays there at all times. It stays there while you shop. It stays there while you go to the restroom. It stays there while you're at the restaurant, whatever the case may be. Or um, if you have a bag like a tote, I literally hang my bag off my knee. It hangs off of my leg when I sit down. Or I know some ladies have seen there's like a little tool, if you will. It kind of has a hook on it that you can set down on the edge of a table that holds your bag. That might be an alternative or set it in a chair right next to you where it is angled properly that you can still reach and access the firearm safely and quickly, which would be the same advice I would also say if you're using that bag in the car um, don't just toss it on the floor, you know, in the passenger side, you're not going to be able to get to that firearm. It mm -hmm. needs to be positioned in a way where you can easily access the gun if you needed to use it. So there's a, there's a commitment to it. There's a responsibility to it. And there's kind of an extra level of thinking. If I have a gun and appendix holster, I'm just going to sit down and, you know, go through my everyday life. I don't have to think about, well, where is it now? Where is it now? Where is yeah. it now? Yeah. In that bag, Carrie, you have to think about that question, answer it, and then plan accordingly. Yeah. If you're in a dangerous situation or you feel uncomfortable, it's a kind of sketchy part of town, unzip that compartment. Have it yeah. at the ready, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and I think one of the challenges is that we're talking about often overriding or rewriting um, you know, habits. And, and that's always a dangerous thing. You know, I'll give you an example. Right now, I'm, I'm attempting to change my habit of how I take my seatbelt off in the car. Yeah. I started, I started carrying appendix. And so when I started carrying appendix a couple of years ago, I, it took me a while to build the habit of put on seatbelt and then untuck shirt over seatbelt so that yeah. while seated without defeat, without having to undo the seatbelt, I can access the gun. And I was like, sweet. That I worked really hard at that. And now I'm pretty good. Every time I get in the car, I put the seatbelt on, I make sure that the belt is in the right place and I untuck my shirt over the belt so that I can still draw the gun. But then I, I recently saw a video from uh, Mike Seaclander. I think he's a real smart dude. And he talked about how when he undoes his seatbelt, instead of reaching over the top of the belt, he reaches kind of underneath it and hits it so that it doesn't hang up on his arm. And I was like, oh, that's really clever. Man, I've been working for like six months to make that a habit and I just can't do it. I've, I've been putting on and taking off seatbelts for so many years. 
So I guess it's a little bit of a tangent, but I think when we talk about how I have this bag with me when I'm at the restaurant or what I do with it uh, when I'm shopping in the grocery store or when I get into the car, we're talking about undoing sometimes habits that, that have been built yes. daily for like decades. That's yeah. crazy. No, that's, that's absolutely true. And you know, I think, again, that just has to be, are you willing to do it or not? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to train that way? Are you willing to put your mind there and think through those scenarios um, along with that? I mean, that's a great thing to think about with a seatbelt. Um, I'm definitely going to have to actually pay attention to how I'm, <laughs> I'm maneuvering a seatbelt now. But, but yeah, that's, that's something else with the bag too. I mean, I'm very conscious of where that firearm is facing at all times and where the access ports are at all times wherever I go. But it's, it's, it's been a conscious thing. And it's like you said, it's been kind of a habit that I've had to form. Yeah. I mean, granted, carrying a purse or a bag around probably for the majority of my life, it's not a huge step that I've had to take. But um, the funny thing with me too, I don't know that it's funny, but I do carry in my purse pretty much almost all the time. But that would be considered my backup gun. Sure. So I kind of, I did a, um, a little seminar at the expo that I talk about on body, off body. I do both. And yeah, sometimes yeah. it's at the same time. And I know maybe that can stop some of the arguments where they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's done both, but I don't know. It, it, again, it's all your lifestyle. It's your family. It's the type of gun you have. It's the mm-hmm. type of training. And of course, training is going to be up there. If we had to say, okay, number three, number one, it's got to be safe. It's got to be separate compartment. Number two, you know, it's number three is safety. I mean, as training, it's got to be training. You've got to have the mindset and the physical ability to do this because the way the bag has to turn. And um, if, if you're not dry firing with your bag of choice, you're not doing this properly. But of course, Jacob, unfortunately, we got a lot of people out there that even if they carry um, on body, they're not dry firing. They're right, not practicing right, presentation same, from the holster. So, hey, we're problem. all in the same boat there. Yeah, yeah same, <laughs> same problem. I, I love what you said. And I, I, it's a great segue into this idea of kind of uh, accessibility and draw and presentation to target and all those kinds of things. Um, I, and I, I want to go there. I, I just want to reiterate to anyone who's listening to this that just, just remember that when you started carrying a gun, you went from nothing to something. And so you were very conscientious and aware of it all the time. And so it, it really stuck out in your mind. But when you, when you, if you're transitioning to off body carry, or if you're, if you're carrying off body, you're changing habits that already are ingrained versus going from nothing yeah. to something. It's like, well, you already carry around a bag all the time. Now there's just a gun in it. So, ju- so you, you just make sure we're really paying attention. All right, Beth, I, I want to, I love what you, 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 you segued this, you kind of tossed the tennis ball up. And so I'm going to catch all it right. talking about uh, training. So this is another one I hear all the time, right? So, you know, if, you know, if it's, if it's a backpack, it's pretty straightforward. I got the backpack on. I always wear a backpack the same way. And so I just have to have some training. I have to have some, some frequency and, and kind of battle test the method by which I'm going to draw from this backpack. And I know that I just, I can slip off my, my shoulder, uh, the shoulder strap on the left. I can swing the bag around my right side and I can, I can grab a zipper with my right hand, pull it to, to my right That'll expose the gun compartment and I can grab the gun and go. And I know to stage the gun at the right angle so that I have the right kind of draw stroke and I can present a target. So that's what it looks like on a backpack. Now, that, that obviously requires a, lot of, a great deal of repetition, just like, any, like you said, draw from any other holster or system. 
But in addition to that, another thing that, that crossed my mind is that some off-body carry systems, like a purse or a sling bag, uh, a person might kind of change the way they carry that all the time. Sometimes it's on my, over my right shoulder, sometimes it's on my left shoulder, sometimes it's kind of low, sometimes it's kind of high. Uh, and so that, that also adds a layer of complexity where there's maybe, you know, dealing with the lack of consistency is going to be a problem. Oh, definitely. I, I see that a lot. And it's unfortunate with those kinds of bags that are just their everyday tote bags that, let me grab this, that literally just look like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no shoulder strap. It just goes basically right in the crook of your elbow, if you will. And that's yeah. how you're holding the bag. Um, it takes a lot of training. It's, it, you have to be constantly aware that you have that firearm facing the right direction for you to reach it. So again, if you're not willing to go there, if you're not willing to put the time and patience and practice into it, I would highly suggest not using that kind of bag. Go for the crossbody. Go for something that basically is is attached in some way, shape, or form, and it's there in the same place, and you got hands-free access, basically. So you can be pushing a child away or holding a hand or opening a car door or maybe that hand is completely out of commission. I don't know. And you can mm-hmm. still get to that firearm. And what's, what's interesting, I've practiced with several that are crossbody that basically they kind of open this way. They open straight down with the firearm right there in the front pocket. That is probably my favorite configuration. It is very quick and very easy. And honestly, I can probably get to that firearm sometimes quicker than I can even get to the firearm on my hip in my competition setup. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. how quickly available that firearm is if you practice with that firearm. Now, if you have bags that go through the side, that's where a little, a little turning and a little innovation might come into play. I try to teach um, my students to turn the bag with the firearm actually facing in the direction you need it to do. And then ripping, basically ripping the bag away. So it's not even just pulling the gun out, it's ripping the, ripping the whole bag away so that you can clear the whole thing, the holster purse configuration. But again, yeah. it takes practice. It yeah. takes a lot of practice. And you just hit on another thing that if we don't talk about it, someone's going to send us email. And, and that is this idea that, okay, I'm carrying in this bag. Do I grab the gun and shoot through the bag? Right. Short stroke my draw, right? Boom, I'm just right. shots out. Or do I draw the gun and then fire it? And there's, I think there's, this is one of those things that's probably not a, a one word answer. It's yeah. a little bit complex. And, and there's a video on our YouTube channel that um, uh, Annette Evans did for us with a bunch of Galco purses or something. And it, it was very informative for me. But, I, I, you know, we got to think through, you know, are there other objects that we're shooting through in addition to a, a layer of leather? You know, am I shooting through other things in my purse that are deflecting? I mean, bullets go through things pretty well, but the more things they go through or touch while in that trajectory, the, more, the odds are pretty high that it will change the trajectory. Do you have a sense or kind of a, 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 your concise way you, you address that common concern or question? I would, I would not want to shoot through the bag. Yeah. Ever. Um, I mean, this, we're talking last resort of the last resort because when you're thinking about not just the mechanical issues, the malfunctions that could potentially happen with the firearm, and not only considering what's in the bag that you need to go through, how exactly can you effectively get shot on target? with that bag. I mean, I mean, lifting my bag weighs a lot for one. I'm going to have to lift that bugger way up in the air 
<laughs> angle it. I mean, I can't imagine how many different things are coming into place to actually effectively get that round on target. So in my mind, I personally wouldn't want to um, take that risk, I guess. I'm not a big risk taker. I wouldn't want to chance it. I would much rather take the extra moment to just rip that firearm right out of the bag and then hopefully be able to get an effective shot, target isolation, yeah. and be able to work through a malfunction if I only have that one that actually works or whatever yeah. the case may be. So yeah. I just think the odds are stacked against you in so many ways that even though it's possible, I mean, yeah, if you want to train with it and you want to you want to do some research, I think that is awesome. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it ever. Yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't personally recommend it. Yeah, I'll put my gold stamp on what you just said. I'd, that sounds extremely <laughs> clever and smart to me. So I, I mean, I, I think it's worth kind of acknowledging it as a possibility, right? Uh, I'm in some sort of ground fight and I'm pinned up against this person. I was able to get my hand to the gun. I've established a grip, but the way I'm pinned up against this person, I can't get, I can't get the gun out of the purse or whatever, the bag. And so I just angle it enough and I just press that trigger hoping that one shot will clear through right. and hit great Oof. sounds like a great backup plan right but if but if if my plan is if i have any sort of threat no matter how far or close or whatever i'm just going to go to the gun and start shooting through the purse that sounds like i'm 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 stacking the odds against my success yep. well it sounds very much like movie magic um maybe the maybe they can do that in the movies and have some success maybe a revolver actually has more probability of functioning more than once i don't know but I, it's just something I would not do unless absolutely 100%. I have no other opportunity at all. The person is literally on top of me mm -hmm. and that's all I've got. Okay. Yep. In that case, absolutely. If that's sure. all you've got. Right. Well, and, and Jacob, I see Jessica said something here that I just want to actually mention. She says, have a design on one side of your bag so that you don't have to think about the direction your firearm Ooh. is facing. Yeah, it's absolutely. actual cosmetic design. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, like even that bag that I held up earlier, this is this little front pocket where the uh, phone goes is actually what faces me mm. so that I know that my access point to the firearm is in the right place. So that is a very good tip. And yes, I highly recommend that whether you use a little charm, whether it's a design in the bag itself, whether it's already there or you have to do it, whatever you can do to make it easier to recognize um, whether by feel or by sight in the heat of the moment where that the gun is, by all means. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm so glad that you, you saw that comment from Jessica. And Jessica, thank you for participating with us live on, uh, on Facebook. That's a really good thought. I hadn't even thought of that, right? Just this idea that if, if the bag I'm, I'm, I'm putting this gun in is you know, universally the same on both sides, then it's going to be really hard for me just at quick glance when I pick it up or grab it out of the car or out of the house or whatever it is, that's going to be a challenge Right. Uh, relative to knowing the orientation. Do I have to open it up every time? Like, oh, there's the gun. Flip there it, it is. <laughs> yeah, that seems really silly. So great tip. Good, good thought there. Uh, I also, you know, as long as we're kind of talking about some of those little tips, I ran into a product uh, in Pittsburgh. I've seen it several times before, but I never paid attention. And in Pittsburgh, I was effectively forced to pay attention. And <laughs> I thought it was really clever because, you know, when we're talking about buying, uh, you know, a concealed carry handbag or purse or whatever, there's, there's companies out there that sell them. And I think that they are products out there that are very high quality products that are very legitimate. So I don't mean to downplay those in any way. Um, they, there's products out there that meet the criteria we've discussed. But I ran into this thing, Beth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it called Pack and Neat. And I thought this was really clever. 
Um, and, and essentially what I'm holding here, for those who, who aren't, aren't seeing the video, I'm holding this, uh, I'll call it like tote thing that can universally <laughs> be moved from bag to bag to other thing. I could stick this you know, on a desk if I wanted or in a console of a car or whatever. And it's, it's meant to kind of uh, feel in the, uh, the, the outer space of, of a bag, say a purse, for example. And it has various pockets for all sorts of knickknacks and doodads. And then it has a dedicated kind of gun compartment where a person would need to, uh, you know, you, I think it comes, I think when you buy it, it comes with a, with a pocket holster kind of thing that will fit in there. Or you could use a different one that, that is your preference. But anyway, I think there's a lot of things out there that are kind of solving the problem. Because I, I look at this and I think, okay, well, now I could use any bag, right? I don't have to buy a dedicated thing that's made for this, that's only available in, you know, however many colors or styles. I can go get any bag I want and like and just shove this in there. Yeah, the funny thing is um, about 20 years ago, kind of when I started getting involved with the industry, if you were talking about any kind of concealed carry purse for a woman, it had Western theme, it often had tassels (laughs) on it, had a lot of the blue and the silver. It was like, I'm not sure what happened with the Southwest people or designer getting involved, but it's like every concealed carry purse screamed to me, not my style. And I don't want to offend anybody. If You're that not from Santa Fe, New Mexico? No, I'm not. I'm not oh, at okay. all. And no. nowadays, like you said, there are so many just wonderful options and a lot of great price points. I mean, everything from real, I guess, specific leathers that are kind of pricey, but very, very high end. So it looks like a designer bag. Mm to what you just presented, which is Pack and Neat by Kristen. Kristen's, I've talked with her and her husband a lot. I love the product. I wrote a a blog post about it on the USCCA website not too long ago. And what's great about it, it's basically a purse organizer. I'm making words up. It's a purse (laughs) organizer that also has a holster compartment for your gun. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to buy a quote unquote concealed carry bag. You can buy this and like you said, it's it's kind of a universal goes with you. You can take out the whole um, insides of your purse, basically, and just set it down in another purse. That mm-hmm. way you can use the bags maybe you've spent a lot of money on or that you've used a lot that you're really confident and familiar with. I was saying earlier that probably for my mom, that would be a great option. She has a lot of handbags already. She probably doesn't need to put down the money for a concealed carry bag, but having this purse organizer with a special compartment for the gun is really a great option. And you can also take that whole thing out and stick it in the console of your car. A lot of times it's just the right size. Mm -hmm. And if you've stacked some things in that bigger pocket area, that kind of serves as almost like that counterweight that you would need to make sure that your fully loaded gun is nice and sturdy in there so that all you do is pop open that little magnet, reach right in, and you have access to your gun. So yeah. lots of innovative, clever options out there at all price ranges. But like Jacob said, you just have to be really careful. Do your homework. Make sure that this is just not someone who designed a bag and decided a holster could go in it. I mean, um, companies like Gun Tote and Mamas, they've basically designed the bag around the gun and the holster. So right. their first you know, focus was how that gun and that holster worked first before the rest of the bag was even built around it, so to speak. Yeah, they, they've been doing it for a while. So they've really also just refined the original concepts. And that, you know, that's just true of a lot of things. The more 
uh, competitors we see in any given industry, the, the more the concepts are, re- are refined and, and we get closer to, to awesome. Uh, now, here, here's one that's a big one for me, Beth. This is probably my, um, I don't know if it's my greatest concern with off-body carry, but it's one that I think about a lot that I don't think a lot of other people consider. And one of the biggest cons- challenges I have with the idea of off-body carry is that you might not have the gun with you when you need yeah. it. And we talked earlier about, you know, don't put it somewhere in the car, you can't reach it. And, you know, make sure it's kind of accessible such and oriented such that you can draw and, and present the fire, the gun to the target. But I think about, you know, whether you're, you're a dude or a dudette and you got the gun in some sort of bag in, of some form, I don't know anyone who comes through the door of the house with said bag and, and just walks around with it throughout the house. You know, <laughs> I, I've yet to sit down on the couch and watch TV at night with my backpack on. So, there's, you know, I guess what I'm saying is certainly in the house, uh, an environment where you're more likely probably to need that gun than anywhere else you you ever are uh, statistically. But there are other situations too, where there's just this tendency to put said bag down and walk away from it. So there's a couple different ways to mitigate this problem or to deal with this. But what are some thoughts you have on that one, Beth? You know, this idea that, well, if the gun's in the bag and I set the bag down and walk away, now I don't have my gun. Yeah. The, you know, I don't know a lot of women that go to work at whether it's an office building, whether it's a hospital, whether it's a daycare, it doesn't matter. I don't know a lot of women that would go to work and carry that bag around with them either. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. It's it's a, you know, it's sometimes heavy and it's cumbersome, it's in the way, and I also I don't sit with my bag with me in the bed or on the yeah, couch or right. at the dinner table. So that is a a very big concern because Two of the places where we might be most vulnerable to some kind of an attack could be at work or, you know, whether it's a a church or whether it's a hospital, whether it's a school, or of course, in our own homes. We we tend to be very relaxed and we think we're super comfortable and, you know, we don't necessarily think about someone hurting us in our own home, but it could happen. So, I mean, in those cases, yeah, now your gun is not near you and, and you've set up a scenario where unless you've staged it somehow, you might not be able to access it or get to it. And again, that's another reason why for me, uh, the purse would be a great backup gun Mm -hmm. and the other gun is on body, but not everyone even has those options. So Mm -hmm. if you can't carry it with you, I mentioned the word staging, stage it somewhere, stage it where it makes the most sense, where you can still access it pretty quickly. And also, and you and I talked about this earlier too, make sure that the unauthorized user cannot get to it. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's where it's woo, a real issue. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's two, there's two variations that I'm coming up with in my logical you know, brain, right? One variation is one in which I leave the gun in the bag, but I dawn on or rely on some other gun I already have on me. Right. right? So in, in the, okay. in that variation, you know, bag is, you know, gun is staying in bag and I'm, I'm going to secure that bag somewhere such that unauthorized people can't get it. The kids or the grandkids or the person who breaks into my house at night or whatever it is, I'm going to put it in the safe or, or I'm somehow going to secure that gun, but I'm going to leave it in the bag or with near or, you know, bag thing. And, and I'm good now. I just, I'm going to have the gun. I have a, a separate, unique, different gun that's either been on me the whole time anyway, which is, sounds like kind of the best story or, <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm transitioning now. Okay, I'm, I'm walking in the house. 
bag goes here, open safe, grab other gun in holster, stick that holster on and proceed. Right now I'm, now I'm in my home. I can carry off body or I can carry a OWB. It doesn't have to be concealed. I'm in my home. So I have a lot less restrictions and whatever thing I'm doing, I'm doing that. that. That's one variation I'm seeing in my head. The other variation is something along the lines of kind of transitioning the gun from the bag to other thing, right? And it could be to like a holster on body uh, or it could be into a staging environment. So a staging environment could be, like you said, it could be, could be a little safe, maybe a little safe in the drawer in the kitchen, or it could be uh, a concealment furniture kind of, we see a lot of these d- decor things, which I have mixed feelings about, but that's certainly a staging uh, option, right? In that lamp that's concealed or, you know, the, I don't know, the, the shelf thing that drops down. But, you know, I've moved that gun into a staging environment where I'd like to believe that in an emergency situation, I can access it. And ideally, most of us would have various guns staged securely in various parts of the home anyway, right? So, so those, those are kind of my two variation ideas, right? One where I leave the gun in the bag, but I secure it and I move to some other gun system. And the second where I transition the gun from the bag into, you know, on body or into some sort of staging system. But that, that's the key, right, is that I'm not going unprotected and I'm not leaving that gun unsecured. Right. I mean, and again, that's just part of what your daily routine is, what your life looks like. It has to be a decision that you make based on all those factors. If there are no kids in your home, you might have other options that I wouldn't necessarily have. I mean, I have three kids in the home and I have to make sure that there is not a gun somewhere where they can get to it in any way, shape or form. Now, you might not have that issue and you would have a little bit more freedom to place a firearm somewhere a little bit more convenient to you but the way that holsters are nowadays too um like for instance we talked a little bit about the ukoala bag and they are now working with uh brands like crossbreed so let's say maybe my bag of choice was ukoala and i had the crossbreed insert well i also have crossbreed appendix and i've got a cross i've got several different crossbreed brand holsters that i know and i like the hybrids really work for me and um moving from one to the other wouldn't be that big of a deal except for the location has changed so that could definitely be something to consider i mean i know some people even that have the gun on them on body in the car but whether it's a long drive or whether it's just something so uncomfortable to them the gun comes out mm-hmm. and gets set down somewhere else um, I would hope that is in another holster configuration of some sort. I mentioned the pack and need actually fits in the console. Maybe you have one that's attached in the car somewhere. But I think for some people, that becomes a natural part of their routine. Yeah. Maybe that firearm doesn't stay in that exact same place throughout the day. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just something else that you, that you have to make that decision, how that's going to work, and, and just plan it out. Be thoughtful about it. Be purposeful and intentional about it. Yeah. And, and to your point also, you know, we got to be thoughtful about uh, how we, uh, you know, how we manage all this administrative handling in the gun and yes. in a way that's safe, right? So every, every time we handle the firearm, especially, you know, when we're taking it from one holster to another, right? When it's, when it's momentarily going to be in an environment such as the trigger guard is not covered, not protected, not uh, rendered safe, right? Then, then we have to be very thoughtful about that. So I love those products to your point, like the crossbreed insert that kind of allow me to transition the gun from, from one system to another without fully removing it from a holster, right? From a protected situation. Right. And, and so though, that's one way to kind of manage that. Uh, if, if that's not an option for you, then you just need to be very thoughtful about, okay, in this moment, in this, in this situation where I'm doing this administrative handling, I got to be very thoughtful about where I'm, you know, where I'm pointing the gun, how I'm doing it, because 
the more, more administrative handling equals higher odds of negligent discharge. I, I you know, that, that's just, that's just yeah. statistically you know, true. Like, I don't you know, regardless how careful you are. That, that is very true. Um, if we can, if we can minimize that, that would be ideal. And of course, all of us would love to have the ideal scenario. And, and again, like you and I said at the beginning of this conversation, it would be ideal to kind of set up like a law enforcement officer does and not have to worry about it, or I can just get my competition gear. But, you know, especially speaking to those out there who do off-body carry, this is all for you. This is not to say you're doing it wrong. This is not to say we need to convince you to try something else. This is to say we support you and we want to help you train and think through all the scenarios and challenges that could come your way. What really, really bothers me in this industry is when I do have someone who has just really thoughtfully gone through the options and made the decision to use some form of off-body carry and then they get destroyed. The instructor thinks they're terrible. The fellow um, gun owners in their community think they're terrible. The people on social media, all those friendly people on social media think they're terrible. And I I just think we need to stop. We need to stop that. We need to come up with better training ideas, the tips and tactics that can make someone more effective. And, you know, maybe they'll change their mind. Like I said, sometimes this is a starting point. It is a very natural common sense type of starting point for a lot of people, especially women, when they first start their concealed carry journey. So don't knock them off their journey by saying, well, that's stupid. Your, your bag's going to get stolen or that's so unsafe. Support them and help them see the good, mm-hmm. the positives yeah. and the improvements that might possibly be something that they look for later on. Be, be an encouragement, not someone that just derails them from the journey altogether. All I see that way too much. Yeah, we, we got to stop shaming our own people and we need to figure out how to be supportive and helpful. And, and to your point, we also need to not make assumptions. You know, the assumption that this person's a fool and they're doing everything wrong and they've not really thought about this because if they had, they wouldn't do this. Uh, it's it's got to be about uh, being supportive and being helpful. And, and I, you know, <sighs> I just can't, I can't understand how we could be upset with somebody who, like I said, already has beat 99% of America. If you have yeah. a gun with you and, and it's on you in a way that is safe, like you've done the 80-20 here. Like, yeah, there's, there's little improvements, but all of us have little improvements we could make. I could no carry doubt. medical gear. I could carry more ammo. I could carry a gun that fits my hands better. I could carry, you know, whatever thing. I could carry more, less lethal options. All of us could make improvements, uh, but it's about, you know, us being on our own journey and figuring out where we can start, what we can do, and then constantly working on those little things that make us slightly more prepared than we were before. But having the gun on you does set you ahead of 80% of America. Like it's probably 99% of America, as I said earlier. So that, that's huge. It is. And I, I love it. It was so well said, Jacob. And you know, if we can just support people and there's nothing wrong with showing the options. I love options. I mean, I think customization and optim, options across the board are great. But yeah, I'm constantly making all those little tweaks too. And you're right. It's, it's really everywhere. So if we could stop honing in on just the bag alone, I think let's, let's help the person not just destroy their method or choice of carry. Let's just, let's help them see how to do that better. And I think ultimately for any of us, it's going to be practice. It's going to be mental and physical, thoughtful, intentional practice. And I don't care how you carry. Again, if you're not, if you're not out there doing it, 
either on the range or in your home, dry fire with no ammo anywhere near you, then, you know, why are you destroying the person who has decided to carry that gun for self-protection? I mean, you're not even going out there and, and following quote unquote, what your own advice is. So yeah, the hypocrite. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a fun little comment from Mark. He says, you know, all that's true. Unless you're in Los Angeles, then having a gun on, on you only makes you a criminal. That's oh. really funny, Mark. Right. Uh, <laughs> but so guys, this has been our, our, a good conversation. I feel much more uh, kind of comfortable and confident speaking to Offbody. Uh, Carrie, thank you, Beth, for your, for your help uh, today. And I hope everybody who's out there listening to this, this hopefully tells you and helps you understand that you know this, this is a viable option. Yes, it might be more difficult to do well than some of the other options. Um, it might be less ideal, but it, it can be done well. It can be done properly. And we need to support and help and provide these this kind of content to people who choose this as their method of carry. And that's that's really important. Beth, what are some other ways people can find you and engage with your content? You know, give, give us the, the lowdown on the magazine and the website and all that good stuff. Oh, I'm honored to. Um, as Jacob mentioned early on, I do work for USCCA. So I have the honor of associate editor position with Conceal Carry Magazine. So definitely check out Conceal Carry Magazine. If you are not already a member of USCCA, you can subscribe just to the magazine alone. You can also find me on our USCCA website. I do the pacifiers and peacemakers column, which, you know, essentially was reaching out to women, especially early on, but we cover all sorts of topics all across the board. So, um, that comes out every Tuesday on our USCCA website. And you can also check out the women's handgun and self-defense, uh, fundamentals, the curriculum that I wrote. It is for teaching, but it's also a really great book for a lot of these ladies out there because it kind of um, goes hand in hand with what my journey has been in firearms. So it talks from a woman's, a woman's perspective and it talks about some of the steps I've taken and it, you know, it even shows, believe it or not, off body carry and some of the proper ways to do that. And we incorporate it in the curriculum because guess what? It's not going away. (laughs) That's right. So guys, you heard it there. So make sure you're, you're subscribed to Concealed Carry Magazine. And for those of you who've, you know, for whatever reason, USCCA is not your choice of self-defense insurance, you can subscribe just to the magazine. That mm-hmm. is an option that's available. Uh, there are plenty of people who do that. But I love getting that magazine. I love being a member. Uh, great content. Um, I appreciate, I have not read your book, Beth. I, I'm, it's like one of those like, embarrassing admonitions of guilt but i will i'm going to read it and i'd like to be uh, certified to teach the the curriculum as well so it's just one it's on that list of things i have to do Uh, so guys you can find that book um i know it's obviously you can find on the uscca's website in the store and uh, you can you can get plugged in there with that content Um, really really appreciate it beth any other kind of parting words for the group here um, people are feel are free to, you know, find me on Facebook. I do the pacifiers and peacemakers with Beth, Beth Alcazar. That is my personal kind of firearms teaching and training page. You can also find me Beth Alcazar. Um, USCCA supports me through Facebook and social media, and we're always throwing out videos and all sorts of things out there on that page as well. So find me on either one of those too. I'd love to interact with you guys. Yep. Yep. And, and dudes, I've taken a class from Beth, so I can tell you that dude or dudette, you can learn great things from her. And I really appreciate your participation here. And uh, we're, we're just honored to have you. Thank you so much. Always fun to spend time with you guys. Love what you're doing. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Guys, there you have it. There's our conversation today on how to carry off body right 
Remember to support our sponsors, the USCCA today, our honorary sponsor. Really appreciate them uh, making you know, Beth, uh, making it easy for Beth to, to be available to do these kinds of things with us. And also Guardian Nation. You can learn more at guardiannation.com. Uh, you know, make sure you're plugged in, guys. We're going to have a, a great, uh, we've got a couple other really great episodes coming up next week. So make sure you're subscribed, whether you know on iTunes or on your Android device, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to this, to this podcast. You can get all of our future episodes. We really appreciate you. And we want to remind you to be safe out there, be careful and you know, do, do what's necessary to be prepared to defend yourself and others when there's a threat in our communities. Thanks all. Have a good one. Reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.